Hello, Slate Plus. How are you? What's going on? Uh, really? That's interesting. Hmm. She said that? That is surprising. That's really surprising <laughs> that she would say that. Wow. Can you believe that, Emily? I can't. Yeah. I myself am shocked. Our Slate Plus topic today, what should you have to do, visit, be, have experience with before you should be allowed to run for president? So is there a particular kind of work you should have to do? Is there places you should have had to visit? Are there experiences you should be required to have before you can run for president? For, for example, do you have to you know, go see the Gettysburg battlefield to understand the conflict that rent north from south in America? Is that something you should be required to do? So what is it that you guys think that, that a presidential candidate should be required to do? Recognizing, of course, that this is not going to happen. We cannot, in fact, require them. I have. <laughs> oh, really? I thought that the show was going to set new ground rules. Well, I just in case I know people are really big fans of the show and the Slate Plus segments are particularly influential. I just didn't want to I didn't want to raise expectations too high. OK, I have two ideas, but okay. I feel like John should go first. No, no. I feel like I should go after hearing good ideas. Uh, OK, I have two ideas. One is that I think they should have to take, I guess, study for and take the high school AP government test. My older son just took this test. It's a good test. Much better, for example, than the bar exam. I learned things helping him study for this test. Like, it just forces you to think about what each branch of government does, how they interact. The, the questions of, of civics that aren't entirely obvious and that I don't think that our current president has much of a grasp of. I, for example, hadn't thought really at all about the fact that Congress doesn't have power over how elections are run. It just hadn't been something I'd like quite focused on. So that's one. And the second thing is I think you should have to do some kind of work with people who are poorer than you. It could be anything. It could be being a police officer, a defense attorney, a teacher, a firefighter, um, someone in healthcare, social work, counseling. I don't care. Just that you have to experience the lot. You have to be able to look through the lens of people who don't have very much money and understand um, their lives and their struggles. All right. I have four ones. Wow. They're similar. One, okay, I think you it, with work, I kind of agree with you, Emily, although I would actually put it differently. I think everyone should have to work maybe a week at a service job where you don't control what your shift is. Not that a factory would be good work, too. But, a, but service, so you work at, at a Starbucks, you're working at a TGI Fridays, you're working retail at a Walmart and just got to show up when the boss says. That would be number one. Number two is I think everyone should have to visit Main Street in Queens, which is my favorite street in America, which is this street that runs from where my wife was raised all the way to Flushing. And it's the most diverse, varied street, I think, in the whole world. And just to see the, if you want to see the variety of, of what an American city and an America can produce, Main Street in Queens would be my top choice for that. Third, I think you should have to go to a church, but not on a Sunday, not because every politician like makes that visit to, a, to a church and, and sees participates in services and hoo-ha, but to go to a church which where the daily work of religious community services are being undertaken and see how important that is to people's lives. And then finally, I think every everyone should have to get a hospital bill and have to deal with a hospital bill and have to talk, actually deal with the insurer and deal 
and try to make sense of and pay off a hospital bill because that will make any person long for single payer healthcare. <laughs> so it is interesting. The um, the empathy piece is basically what a lot of this is is um, focused around introducing a person to some idea of empathy, either for people who are lesser off or people who have to manage healthcare bills. Um, so then the question is, uh, I wonder if empathy, you want an, you want a president, and this is kind of true, I feel also with um, your excellent point, Emily, about the AP government exam. I feel like every American should have to take the AP government exam, but maybe mm-hmm. not the president. Which is to say that if you want a president to be boundary pushing and you want to be – the question is you have two different kinds of presidents. You have the president who is the innovator and disruptor and boundary breaker who actually doesn't come up with the careful pedigree. Then you have the one who's kind of come up through the system and knows about all of its constraints. And so the question is do you want somebody who pushes against all of those constraints and then you have the rest of the system hold them back, which is kind of the way it was designed? Or do you want them to self-correct – you want them to have obviously enough understanding of the different branches and constraints of government to not just run roughshod of them constantly and to maybe not try to get the CIA to stop the FBI. And you can you can right. figure out you can figure out for yourself whether I'm talking about Watergate there or some other instance. But you don't want so much that they lose their entrepreneurial um, recklessness that you want at some level with uh, presidents. And I think I wonder if there you could make that case about empathy, too. I mean, obviously, I am a big fan of empathy. So I had I had thought and and because I got this from a voter who basically said, you know, I'm not going to vote for anybody who doesn't understand what it's like to work three shifts and what it's like to when you miss the bus, that that not only you miss your next job, but you're going to screw up your situation with your third job. Um, and it just understands the kind of end point of a lot of these policies. So I'm incredibly attracted to that. But you also then and then I also think, you know, at some point, the reason presidential decisions are so brutally hard is that there's always somebody at the end point who's going to get screwed by the policies. And so it, the skill you actually probably need is one in which you actually probably have to not be empathetic and have to make decisions because everyone is going to is going to pull on your heartstrings and so you have to be able to make a decision based on kind of the numbers and the situation that faces you and and be okay with it and not racked with it totally. I'm not sure I can carry out that argument, but it's one that occurs to me. Anyway, mine is that everybody should do that locked room game that we did because mm. it, it approximates presidential moments, which is you are presented with a set of challenges that are unfamiliar, though obviously they're somewhat familiar in that you know you're dealing with physical objects and words and puzzles and and but it's unfamiliar. You have to quickly get a team to act collectively. You have to basically be a leader. Um, and then you have to use your brain in a somewhat high pressure uh, situation to come to a result, you know, the high pressure being the time to get out of the room and also the interpersonal situations. And that that is um, that and getting them to answer hypothetical questions, because that's all you do as a president is answer hypothetical questions. And the talent for framing questions, understanding them and answering them is one you'll be pre- presented with constantly. And the fact that we don't allow the candidates somehow get away with not answering hypothetical questions is um, always been baffling to me. I you thought think? for sure you were going to suggest that everyone has to go visit some rural corner of America. David even set you up by putting Main Street from Queens out there. 
Well, no, his mainstream from Queens is a great, is a super great suggestion, and you can probably find the equivalent. I mean, it also it depends on each candidate has their counterweights, right? If you came from mainstream in Queens, you wouldn't need to visit mainstream Queens. Mm-hmm. You'd need to go visit, you know, Johnson City, Tennessee, or you know, and vice versa. So that's again counterbalancing on empathy, because you may understand the lives of the people from which you come, but you have no clue about people unlike you, and also just watching somebody. Educate themselves in about other people would be interesting too because that's what you have to do a lot with presidents is you have to – whether it's domestically or foreign or in a foreign sense. All right, Slate Plus. If you have thoughts, send a tweet at us with your ideas of what a president should do at, at Slate Gabfest. We'll talk to you next week, Slate Plus. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.